Welcome, welcome, welcome to the show. This is Wrong Place, Right Crime. I'm your host, Frank Zafiro, and this is an open and shut episode featuring Richie Narvaez. Richie's first novel, his debut novel from Down Out Books, is called Hipster Death Rattle which is absolutely one of the best titles I've heard all year. Um, and that'll be out on March 11th. Uh, but he's also written a number of short stories. He's been in a bunch of anthologies. He's in uh, the Black Car Business uh, anthology uh, that, that I also appeared in, as well as a ton of other anthologies. So uh, interesting guy. I think you're going to enjoy my interview with him. But first, Wrong Place Right Crime is sponsored by Down and Out Books. Down and Out Books is an up-and-coming publisher of crime fiction that tends towards the grittier and darker end of the spectrum. If you want to get a look at their catalog, you can go to downandoutbooks.com. That's down and out books, all spelled out, dot com. Downandoutbooks.com. Take the journey with us. So let's talk to Richie Narvaez. <laughs> Hey, Richie, welcome to the show. Hey, Frank, how are you? Thanks I'm, for having me. I'm good, I'm good. Uh, you know, I want, we're going to talk in a couple of minutes about uh, your, your new book, which has one of the, the greatest titles uh, of the year. Uh, but, <laughs> Thank uh, you. But we'll just leave that as a tease, because I, I wanted to hear a little bit about your, your other job, I guess, your day job, mm. because it, if I yes. remember right from your bio, you've been... It, writing as a career uh, in, in one fashion or another uh, for your your entire adult life. So maybe you could share uh, what, what that's been like. Oh, yeah, sure. Uh, so I went to college to become an astronaut. I wanted to go to be the first Puerto Rican in space. You can see that didn't work out. <laughs> has there, been, quite has there out. been one yet? <laughs> there, there hasn't one, thank God. Okay. Uh, but uh, I was not, I was not the person, uh, which is okay. So I went to college. I was going to be a major in astronomy and physics, and then I took classes in astronomy and physics. So I did major in it. <laughs> I like. <laughs> I had the same problem with astronomy, man. I mean, I yeah. thought I was going to learn about the belt of Orion and things like yeah. this, and uh, yeah. within within three weeks, we were talking about quasars, and I was like, oh, oh, "This man. is going to be a hard C." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was a heavy duty calculus that kind of slowed me, slowed down my enthusiasm. Like, oh, oh, there's math. So yeah, that didn't work out. But anyway, uh, English major. And then I started uh, writing and uh, got jobs uh, right out of college in, in some low-key magazines. I think the biggest magazine I worked for was TV Guide. I wrote a lot of celebrity journalism for many years, then did some advertising writing and marketing writing. But on the side, I've always taught, almost since college when I was a tutor. So, yeah, I teach writing. And now uh, today I, uh, I currently teach at the Fashion Institute of Technology, which is a SUNY school, state university school uh, in Manhattan. So I teach creative writing and business writing as well. And uh, it's, it's a lot of fun, actually. So when you teach the business writing part of that, mm -hmm. then, uh, I mean, you, you would call that technical writing, basically? Uh, yes, exactly. Yeah. It's fancy. Well, I mean, it's, it's uh, how to write a memo, how to write mm -hmm. a, a letter, how to organize your thoughts. Uh, and resume writing, stuff like that. Resume writing, cover letter. Very practical class. Very different from how to write a short story. We were talking a little bit before the show started, uh, mm -hmm. and you uh, mentioned that your family is from Puerto Rico. Um, yes. Are you uh, are you uh, Puerto Rican born, or are you U.S. born? Or well, I guess it's the same thing in a way. But 
Well, yeah, actually, it's the same thing. Puerto Rico is part of the U.S., which is often forgotten. But I am actually what is technically called a New Yorican, because uh, I was born and raised in Brooklyn. Uh, so that's that's why I have this accent. That's pretty you know, cool. I'm a New Yorker. I say water. I say water. Um, no, my Spanish accent's not bad. But yeah, it's not great uh, because I'm, I was fairly Americanized, mm -hmm. uh, which was a part of the whole. From my parents' point of view, it was uh, assimilate, assimilate, mm -hmm. uh, in order to to make money, become millionaires, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So I learned English. Uh, English was a big part of uh, growing up. I learned how to curse well in Spanish, though. So, oh, uh, that's what yeah. I heard the most at home. And I, my Spanish is is middling. It's like second, third grade level at this point. Uh, live, I've never been to Brooklyn. Uh, you know, of course, no. uh, there's there's always the outsider's view of what what's Brooklyn like. But uh, is is Brooklyn still, or was it ever, uh, very uh, ethnically segregated? I mean, is there an Italian part of Brooklyn, a part of? Oh Rome my God! Yes. Oh, you you have to come. To, are you like born and raised California? Is that where you are? Uh, I'm born and raised in Washington, living in Oregon now. Oh, Oregon! Excellent. All right. Um, a lot of rainfall, I guess. Now, I'm I'm okay. in central Oregon, so it's uh, pretty okay. much high desert. Okay, cool. Oh wow, there's a desert in Oregon. Yeah. I never heard yeah. of. It. <laughs> well, so we're both equally uh, ignorant about each other's uh, area, which is, I guess, sad. Um, yeah, no, Brooklyn is has always been uh, heavily uh, ethnically divided. Well, certainly since the 1800s. Uh, before you know the colonists came in in the 1700s divided everything up it was very dutch at first but then um irish jewish when i was growing up though uh, in the 60s and 70s i lived in an area that was fairly puerto rican and then on the outskirts on the other side across uh, grand street as a border the polish uh there were polish and italian and we could not cross that border when we were kids really? like that we would they would beat the hell out of us really and then the other direction were Hasidic Jews uh, bordering uh, on the on the southern side of Williamsburg. So, you know, it was definitely enclaves uh, where people live. It is very much more mixed now. And and actually it segues into the book because the book is all about gentrification and uh, ethnic uh, tension and class tension in Brooklyn. Well, let's let's take advantage of that segue and okay. talk about it. Nice uh, segue, yes. Yeah, excellent. <laughs> Did you work in radio too? <laughs> so, the hipster death rattle. Like I said, one of the best titles of the year. Uh, Thank you so much. Uh, yes. T tell me more about it. Um, so, uh, hipster death rattle uh, occurred to me. Like I said, I grew up. Uh, I was born and raised in in, in Brooklyn and in Williamsburg. And when I was there, it was uh, growing up. Very Puerto Rican area, very sort of almost a piece of Puerto Rico brought over into Brooklyn. Uh, and then what happened, as happens to, uh, I guess, with the natural history of any area, it started to get gentrified. Manhattan started to get pricier in the 70s and 80s. So all these people started moving in. And I had gotten back to Brooklyn after college. And I was seeing everything that I knew and loved slowly being erased just sort of passively, I think, by, you know, artsy-fartsy and hipster-type people uh, who weren't doing it maliciously, but inevitably, just because they moved in, the area changed and uh, rents rose because, uh, you know, just the real estate value increased with them there. So people I knew, places I knew had to leave. And that just filled me with bile, 
and anger. And I was like, you know, I, I, I should write a book. So um, I decided to write a book. And I, at first, I, I don't know if you've had, and you've written many books, I know. Uh, if you've had this experience where you try to get at something and maybe you feel too much about it and it, it, just, it just doesn't coalesce. It's too and on the nose. It's too on the nose. So mm -hmm. when I finally thought about wrapping it into this mystery story, it finally started to come together. You know, but I, I hope I got some of the bile and anger uh, in there. It certainly was was slightly therapeutic to put it together. Now, I haven't been fortunate enough to read it yet. But so with a title like that, my first inclination is that it's maybe it's kind of a dark com comedy, kind of an ice harvest sort of thing. Uh, I hope people that... think it's funny. Yeah, this, I mean, it's not it's not like heavy duty uh, slapstick kind of thing. It's mostly mm -hmm. like dark humor, like you said, mm -hmm. mostly a lot of black humor, I think, in there. Uh, Sarcasm. A lot of sarcasm. My yeah. kind of book. Yes, cool. <laughs> Hope you like it. I completely disagree with the uh, the assertion that uh, sarcasm is not a form of humor. I, I don't. I don't. Oh agree my god! With that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so the book is out sometime in March. Yes, in about a month on March 11th. Hey, that's my uh, oldest younger sister's birthday. So, okay, cool. Maybe, maybe, maybe I'll buy a copy and I'll read it and make sure it's that her delicate. Uh, she's kind of a delicate flower. I don't know if she can handle it. Oh, <laughs> so. okay, yeah. No, there's yeah, there's some there's some uh, uh, gruesome scenes that you know. I don't know. You 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 read through it first and you decide that there is some um, savage machete killing. <laughs> so pretty low key stuff. Yeah, low key stuff. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's practically a YA. <laughs> I was going to ask, uh, and it sort of will segue, I think, into hipster. Uh, how, do, do you sometimes uh, shake your head about how cops are portrayed in books? Uh, you mean things like uh, pulling their gun out and racking a slide, that kind of stuff? Yeah, that or, kind of stuff. Yeah, uh, yeah, that that or stuff's procedure. irritating. Yeah, uh, yeah and, and procedural stuff, and and you know, people, you know, in today's day and age, it, there's no reason why you can't get it mostly right. I mean, the the internet is there. You, you have writer friends. I mean, I I have an open open invitation to any writer that I'm even casually friendly with that if you have a procedural question, I'm happy to answer it. I mean, my, my information is, you know, regional and dated at this point, but I might be able to get you closer than a wild ass guess anyway. Right. And, and so I think the biggest thing is like anything else, cliche, you know, yeah. I mean, cliches and people, uh, who, you know, it's always the dirty cop or the overbearing, you know, mustachioed, asshole cop or, or whatever uh but i fall prey to some of those same okay yeah. mistakes myself <laughs> yeah when i was doing so just to, to segue to, to hipster when i was doing it um i realized my cops were slightly cliche uh and that they kind of fit for what i needed but i tried to make them as quirky as possible to make them interesting but i still think they sort of hit on what i call tv copness with mm -hmm. it, which a lot of mysteries do. It's like, oh, this is mm -hmm. this is TV, these are TV cops. These are the kind of people you see in the movies. But I hope I made them interesting enough. And I did show them to a cop friend, Bernie Whalen, who uh, who works for the NYPD. And I got a lot of good information from him yeah, about procedure. But I still think it's. I mean, I, I think generally it's a, a little goofy, not quite accurate. Uh, and for the sake of the uh, the book's humor. It kind of works. Well, I, I do think you would have some insight that not a lot of people have in that you have had a f fair amount of exposure to celebrities. And, oh, yeah. 
and that idea that you know what's what's the ratio of celebrities that are just you know total artifice full of shit and those that are that are, are down to earth decent people i mean if, you know, you know it's funny exposure to celebrity sounds it sounds kind of um it's like being exposed to radiation <laughs> what's you the exposed to celebrities? yes i know i have to check with a doctor so i think this is growing in my stomach i don't know um i was uh <laughs> but um I, the biggest celebrity I probably, I mean, you, you mean like in New York or because I worked in the magazine business? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, the biggest celebrity I interviewed was Joey Ramone. And uh, my God, what he was fascinating uh, interview. We, uh, I went to his apartment to interview him and it was lined with coffee cups, like used mm. coffee cups, empty all over the place and a gigantic TV. Like it, it was like a six foot TV screen, one of those like tricolor ones. Um, fascinating interview. Great guy. Uh, so the novel from Down and Out Books uh, in March is Hipster Death Rattle. Uh, and uh, Richie, thanks for coming on the show. Thank you, Frank. Thanks so much for having me. This was a lot of fun. Well, there you are, folks. Uh, quick uh, down and dirty with Richie Narvaez. Really cool dude and uh, looking forward to Hipster Death Rattle, not just because of the title, but uh, the description is pretty awesome. Uh, and I really enjoyed talking to him. Okay, our next episode of Wrong Place Right Crime will be a feature-length uh, interview with Lano Waiwole. Waiwole? <laughs> it's, it's Hawaiian, so I struggle with it. A very interesting guy uh, who uh, has some pretty cool stories to tell. I think you'll enjoy that interview. Uh, and then we'll close out February uh, with a couple more open and shut interviews first with Ed Amar, whose book The Unrepentant is coming out soon, and then uh, one of my writing partners, Lawrence Kelter, whose episode of A Grifter's Song, The Whale, is coming out March 1st. So that's what's on deck. I hope you enjoyed uh, my conversation with uh, Richie Narvaez, and until next time, this is Frank Zafiro reminding you that sometimes you got to be in the wrong place to write crime.